This question is from an anonymous. Dear Ajahn Anan, I would like to request the opportunity to ask Tan Ajahn regarding a teenage boy with mental issue that could lead to serious danger. He would have thoughts which then lead to self-harm, including biting his tongue, swallowing various objects, including a small-sized Buddha image, even though he has a strong faith and highly respects the Buddha. After every action of self-harm, he feels regret and remorse. Other actions include eyes poking and digging and self-cutting with a knife. What could be his past karma that has led to his current condition and behavior? Not even his parents could properly keep him under control. Many attempts have been tried to help him improve, but all have practically failed. So far, not even a qualified psychiatrist could successfully treat him. However, there is only one Dhamma practitioner, Upasika, who could keep him under control, but only to a certain extent. The boy has a very strong faith in this person, and he only listens to her. Every time he sees her, and the longer he stays near her, his urge of self-harm lessens significantly. Positive emotion arises, and he becomes a normal, healthy person. However, when he and the Ubasika separate, and when he goes back home, he reverts back to his former self with dangerous behavior and suffering mental state. So his parents would have to frequently take him to see the Ubasika. Why is this so? Is there a karmic connection between this boy and the Ubasika? Is there a way for this boy to recover back to normal permanently again? Thank you, Tanajan, with much gratitude. So this shows that this boy's mind is abnormal. The karma related to this uh, is likely from having harmed uh, living beings, whether human beings or animals in the past. Uh, and so the resulting karma is this harming to uh, oneself or others. And in this case, it's the harming of oneself. Uh, so this isn't uh, normal behavior. Uh, which is shown in his actions in the body and mind. And so if you, if the boy can uh, go to that upasika, that laywoman, then uh, it does show that this woman has a part of being able to, uh, this boy is able to receive this metta, goodwill, loving kindness from this upasika. And so she has a part in, in helping him and can uh, ease his karma somewhat and give him support. So if possible, then to uh, have the boy be with that upasika for longer periods of time or even give uh, the boy as a disciple uh, of that uh, upasika uh, you can also have the boy uh, give 
offerings of sangadana, of uh, robe sets, ask for forgiveness, doing a forgiveness ceremony, asking from support from all the deities and the sacred holy uh, objects, um, and can make these offerings to uh, a certain monastery, a sangha of monks, offering as well uh, the flowers, the five types of flowers, and uh, ar uh, aromatic uh, objects in order uh, as, a, as an offering. Uh, he could also do the Pamsakula ceremony for the, the dead and for the living, and this may have him or help him to be reborn anew as if. And then all the merit that one gains from doing all these, these offerings and ceremonies, then one can, or they can uh, share, dedicate that to his karmic debtors. And so the state of the mind of this boy is likely very weak, uh, that other vinyanas or spirits are able to enter uh, and sort of control his mind and make him harm himself. And so the time when he's with that upasika, he's more like himself. Um, and that's when the karmic debtor has to retreat away. Um, and so then he's able to uh, listen to that uh, upasika, or maybe you can find another monk who has uh, kindness and are able to help him as well, and uh, they can play a part in assisting. But this isn't, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> this case isn't very easy um, because of this karma that uh, he has. Uh, but you can try the methods that uh, suggested here and hopefully that can reduce uh, his these symptoms uh, that he's experiencing a bit. And so there's also examples that uh, Venerable Ajahn Anand has seen himself uh, that there was one there was one child and uh, he would have certain moods come up very strongly and he couldn't make any decisions uh, himself and got very stressed uh, and he had a very short attention span and whenever encountering any sort of decision that had to be made or problem coming up, uh, this he would smash his head onto the ground, smash it, hitting it, bang, 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 like that. Uh, it's as if he wanted to free himself from those problems and he had a lot of stress with it. Um, and the feeling was of like being stuck in a room that one felt very uh, trapped or oppressed in and wanting to smash out of that room. So this is related to sort of the excess blood or hot blood inside that cycling in, in that body. So the uh, circulation or, or, or blood system isn't normal. And so when this uh, boy 
had blood taken out of him, then he would feel more at ease. And so this is coming from those symptoms of, uh, not sure what it's translated as, but maybe hot-blooded in, uh, in direct translation. <clears throat> there was also another uh, child as well who, whose mother was a doctor, and this child had a similar uh, symptoms as well, sort of a hot-blooded or the cycle wasn't uh, inside the body wasn't good, wasn't able to control his emotions uh, and body. Uh, the father of the mother, uh, so his grandfather, was a monk and had very good samadhi, so he's very skilled, and he told the boy to come uh, close to him, and he took his hand and uh, poked poked him or tapped him on the forehead here very hard uh, and he did that until the blood came out and something like this it needs a sort of special samadhi there in order to treat this person or this boy in this way but after that uh, what that monk did uh, this child was better was free from from that those symptoms that sickness that he had so this was, he was free from that sort of uh, chaotic mind states, that hot sort of feeling and um, and this was because this condition was related to his body. Um, but if it's also related to the mind that affects the, the citta, then it can be a problem and that's much harder to overcome. The next question is from Mr. Dinesh from the UK. Dear Longpa, Vantana, I am curious if we could be born as trees with our karmic consequences, and what realm will that be? Thank you. So which tree do you want to be reborn as? So any spirits or consciousness that can enter the trees, maybe in the, from UK, from, I don't know what, types of trees you have there. Maybe you want to be reborn as an apple tree um, or maybe a very big tree. So we have to understand that a, the tree is a part of nature. It doesn't have uh, consciousness, vinyana. It's, uh, it's nature. It's a part of nature. And so when we die, we aren't able to be reborn as a tree. A tree has its own causes for it to be born or arise. Um, and, but there is the Ruka, Dewa, uh, which can be supported by the tree or live supported by the tree or uh, a mountain. But it isn't a self or vinyana consciousness that's being born as a tree, uh, that there's no such thing. Uh, but for monks to get someone to cut the, the tree isn't appropriate. Um, and so they may instead say that they need, the place would might be cleaner or uh, be, be better for different circumstances, but it's not appropriate to cut those big trees because they can provide shade uh, and coolness and animals can be uh, be supported and live because of that, that tree, maybe because of the tree itself, the fruit, the bark, it can be food to certain animals. 
like in the monastery, we have uh, squirrels here who rely supported on uh, trees. And so uh, we're able to, they're able to support those, those animals. And so in the realms, there's the, the human realm, lower is the animal realm, and then there's uh, the hell realms. Higher than the human realm, they have the Dewa realms and then the Brahma realms. This question is from an anonymous. Um, it's quite difficult for me to read, so please forgive me. I'll try my best. Venerable Sir, while studying de dependent origination from the 12 links, I am confused how the important aggregate of perception is not included. As sense contact leads to feelings, it is our perception that rates it pleasant or unpleasant. Only after with craving, only after which craving, grasping arises and the rest of the links emerge. So at the level of feelings, Vetana, if we do not allow perceptions to arise through our wisdom of anicca, tukang, anatta, so that only knowing is present, the rest of the links would dissolve. Is my understanding correct? Please, could you clarify this point? Thank you. So that shows that your contemplation is very uh, in-depth, asking why there's no sanya perception. Uh, so we understand first that there's avijja ignorance, uh, and this is uh, understanding it as a self, a me, a mine, and this uh, is the cause for sankhara to arise, mental, sorry, karmic formations, and this is of the type that has self, has a sense of self, these proliferations. And so the mind has already moved then from that ignorance, uh, and from sankhara, there's uh, vijnana, which is uh, sense consciousness of the type that has a self. Uh, this is uh, coming from sankhara and uh, from vijnana then to nama rupa. Uh, nama rupa in nama there's the vetana, sanya, sankhara, and so sanya perception is uh, within this. Rupa is of uh, four elements and from Nama Rupa then uh, leads to Salayatana which is the six sense bases. So there's the inner sense bases, the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body and mind uh, and the which uh, is set to receive the outer sense bases, uh, objects, uh, the sights, sounds, taste, odors, bodily contact or tactile sensations and mental objects. And so then that uh, then leads to pasa, con contact to arise, which leads to vetana, uh, feeling, feeling that arises of the pleasant, unpleasant or neither pleasant nor unpleasant side. And so where then should we 
have our mindfulness and wisdom in order to be able to let go, uh, that we are able then to cut all the links of this chain of dependent origination. So we can uh, cut it at tanha, at craving, or at pasa, uh, at sense contact. If we take care with our sense uh, contact, we can cut it vetana, uh, if we're able to, to let that go. Even at attachment or clinging, we're able to let that go, let go of the sense of self, of me and mine. And letting go then has wisdom uh, arises. So this sanya is there within nama rupa and uh, this which leading to salayatana, the six sense bases, which uh, is able uh, to receive the outer sense objects. Next question is from uh, Jay from the US. Feeling lucky for this amazing opportunity. My question is about how to handle people who have cultivated tremendous concentration of mind, but use power in cruel and uninvited ways. Please, Anumotami. This samadhi is, can be sama samadhi, which is translated as right concentration. So this is correct. It has sila, moral conduct. It has right view. Uh, and it's for the liberation from suffering. It gives benefit to oneself and others. The other type is Micha Samadhi, which is like wrong concentration, or this is coming from wrong thoughts. And so there still may be stillness of mind, but this Samadhi can be used to harm others, uh, whether harming other people's body, mind, or even taking their life. Uh, and we hear of this in the news uh, and those people they have may have a still mind but it's coming from moha or delusion and its intention is to harm others uh, and it uh, damages the the peace in the world and so this is coming from a view that wants to harm others or, or oneself uh, and so there is even people that train, oh, sorry, that, and so that is quite scary then as well. Uh, and so there's also even people that train to have stillness of the mind in order to do bad things or bad ways through actions and speech. Um, and it can even end up harming and killing a lot of people, uh, which we may see in the news. And if uh, people can even develop very high levels of samadhi, but it's coming from wrong view, <coughs> and then can use that samadhi to harm them, um, others. So we then can understand then that samadhi can be of the correct way, which is, leads to benefit, and or of the wrong way, uh, which leads to a lot of danger. So you should be developing sama samadhi uh, which means you have a good foundation with sila, with moral conduct. So whether you have a lot of samadhi or, samadhi or just a little, uh, but you have that foundation of sila and, and of metta, uh, goodwill and compassion. So this is your fund foundation for the mind. Um, and so one shouldn't then to do 
just because one has samadhi or, or stillness of mind, it doesn't mean that one can do whatever one wants with that samadhi because that would be a very heavy karma. And how to protect oneself against uh, people who use in that way, uh, you have to make your own mind peaceful uh, and still enough so that others can't you won't be able to use their samadhi in order to uh, affect you or control you. So try to gather your strength of mind as much as you can. This question is from an anonymous. Dear Ajahn Anand, I've been following the Buddhist path for a long time, but for many, but for many reasons, including time and distance, I haven't been able to maintain close relationships with Buddhist Kalyanamittas. Maybe it's my parami or kama, but in any case, is it good enough to take the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha as my refuge and follow teacher's advice alone? Or as a lay person, it's very much recommended to follow the path with lay companions. And I should put more effort in getting involved with peers. Much appreciation for your kind guidance. So the Kalyanamitta is a good friend. There's a good friend on the outside and a good friend on the inside. So the good friend on the outside is uh, the friends that have sila, have dhamma. They pull you to a good way. They give you benefit. It can be good advice uh, that benefits you, uh, dhamma. And the inner good friend is the noble eightfold path. So, uh, if you have right view and the Noble Eightfold Path within you, uh, then it's fine to be alone. Uh, you maybe being with ex external outside friends, then it can uh, cause a lot of uh, anxiety or troubles. Uh, but if one has built a barami or a lot of barami, then one will have both uh, outer friends and inner friends. Uh, the Buddha, in a time in his past life when he was the Brahmin Jyotipala, uh, he wasn't interested in the Buddha's teachings, uh, the Buddha sasana, uh, and he had a friend that listened to the Dhamma of the the Buddha of that era and took refuge in the Triple Gem, and uh, this was the Brahma uh, God that uh, we uh, chant when we're asking for a Dhamma talk. Uh, and so in that life, that was a friend of our Buddha, and uh, he wanted to take his friend to listen, to pay respects to the Buddha of that era, Buddha Kasapa. Uh, but our Buddha didn't want to go, and so uh, his friend uh, grabbed him by the hair knot uh, very hard to pull him to go. And our Buddha then thought that, oh, he must be something very important if my friend's taking it to this extent. And so ended up following him, paid respects to the Buddha of that era, and ordained as a bhikkhu, as a monk. Uh, the Brahma God uh, or his friend, he couldn't ordain in that life because he had to look after his aging parents. Uh, but he had pulled uh, 
so, so the Kalyana Mittas can help to pull one in the right direction. Uh, but if one is alone uh, without any Kalyana Mittas, that's fine if one practices and has dana, sila and bhavana, uh, then it's, it's not a problem. And so that was our, <coughs> sorry, that was our uh, Buddha as a bodhisattva who had already received the prediction that he would become a Buddha in the future. And so he gained something good from being pulled uh, to pay respects to, to the Buddha of that era. Um, so for yourself, don't throw away your Kalyanamitas, your good friends. Try to reduce your own ego, conceit and views. Try to listen to your friends, what they say, their advice. And it's possible then you'll get good things within your life and in your Dhamma practice. <clears throat>